0: be covered by the Saints for a touchdown.
2: Eat
1: your inside pass, do everything Saints football. And
0: the kick is good. We'll take
1: you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. Guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. <laughs> oh, baby! Welcome inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we are post-draft gearing up for St. Rookie Minicamp. Still lots of happenings going on with this team. Everything from rumors about playing overseas again this season. And then want to also break down some of the undrafted rookie free agents before we get into also a live mailbag segment. But yeah, it was kind of interesting to see this report started coming out, I guess, this morning. And I really st- still not sure how to take it because a lot of the local media real I don't feel like has grabbed onto it.
3: Yeah. So we're, we're gonna get into that. And and as you mentioned, I did a deep dive on the UDFA class or again, as deep as I'm willing to go into <laughs> it. We are also live on YouTube right now. It's one of our the first live shows we've done in a while. So we're going to do that. But I did want to do a mailbag since we haven't done one since the draft. And I do want to field a lot of questions and comments and whatnot on the draft class and the UDFAs. So that's going to be in the second segment. We're going to get into the UDFAs. The final segment will be the mailbag. But yeah, getting back to it, the Saints and the Patriots are reportedly going to be one of the two games in Frankfurt, Germany in the 2023 season. Now, It's still the the reporting is still a little sketchy. We have not had anything confirmed stateside as to whether this is legit or not. But there is a newspaper in Germany, I think it's called the Bind newspaper. And I had to translate it from German to understand what they were saying. And so you know, trans- Google Translate is not always, uh, always reliable, but they do get the names right, and they're saying the Saints and the Patriots, which we already knew the Patriots were going to be one of the teams, and then the Bears and the Chiefs will be the other game. Now, this will be the second year that the NFL did international games in Germany, and so it feels unusual because you don't usually see teams get back-to-back seasons with international games, but it doesn't surprise me at all that this news is coming out now, and that the German side of the equation has it a little earlier than we do. And so I'm, I'm going forward on the assumption that that is correct. And the saints will be in Germany at some point next season.
1: Yeah. Like you said, it's a, a little odd to find out, Oh, the saints played in London last season. They're going to be going overseas again yeah. this year to Germany. I think the, the positive I'll take from it is at least it's not a home game that's being taken away from the saints this year. Yeah. And, and so that's
3: the other thing is the saints had nine road games, right? And I think that, they, they would want to pick a team that had the extra road game to take that German game because that way they don't lose one of their eight home games, which would be unfair. So that's, that's something. And I do think it is also a little more complicated because it has to be one of the Patriots opponents, right? Like it's not like they have the entire league to choose from. They have the Patriots opponents to pick from. And so, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see when it is what point of the season, because as you remember last year, You know, the Saints could have theoretically taken a bye after the Vikings game in in London, but they chose not to, and they chose to have a later bye. So they had to kind of navigate that in season, which didn't end up hurting them, really, because they came back and beat the Seahawks. But it still meant that you had a London trip and then 13 weeks of football before you got a week off. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that this time around. Um, if you go back to last season it was the Seahawks and the Bucks playing in week 10. They both had a week 11 bye, but you know, you won't convince me that it did not affect them over the next several weeks because you look at the Bucks, they won that game, they come back and they lose 3 of their next 4 games. They lose to the Browns, the 49ers and the Bengals, and then the win was against the Saints, a game that they played like crap and should have lost right so right. you could argue that they probably should have lost four games in a row after coming back from germany the seahawks they lose to the bucks then they lose four of their next five games their only win was over the rams they lost to the raiders the panthers the 49ers and the chiefs so it was like those last two are good teams but those those first two aren't so they lost five of six games if you include that germany game so the seahawks they were in really good position and they almost missed the playoffs because of that late season kind of swoon, the bucks, same situation. They should have missed the playoffs. If the saints didn't blow that game that they really should not have blown. So, you know, you're going to have to watch. It's something that you have to consider in terms of the travel, in terms of the time difference, how you manage it, especially late in the season when those games feel like they're a lot more important. Um, So that's going to be something to keep in
1: mind when, if it's a game you have to play in like November. Something also, remember as well, the Saints going to London, they went out the whole week early. After that Carolina Panthers game, they immediately flew out to London, whereas their opponent, Minnesota, waited till like the day before. Oh, what do you know? They showed up and they ended up winning.
3: Yeah, the Saints decided to acclimate to the time (laughs) difference. The Vikings decided not to, and it's an interesting difference of strategy, right? The Vikings essentially went there and played what would have been a 9 a.m. local time game. Like, they were still right. on that sleep schedule. So it's like they just had a morning game, whereas the Saints played it as if it was an afternoon game. And again, it didn't hurt them because they came back and, and beat the Seahawks the next week. But I, I do think that if you see how the Vikings did and they look good in that game, I, I think some other teams might might adopt that strategy, whereas, like, you you might lose one week you don't want to lose two weeks because of what you did in the week you lost right so that's something uh it's either way like we'll probably find out here in the next day or so i i'd imagine that's usually how the schedule release comes out maybe monday in terms of the international schedule and then the full schedule is supposed to be released on the 11th which would be a week from today so we're going to find out one way or another whether this is accurate or not but uh it's going to be it's going to be not only interesting to see whether it's there it's going to be interesting what week it is where the bye week is um it definitely makes the schedule release a lot more (laughs) newsworthy than it is already uh because that could completely change the second half of their season
1: yeah and for sure like you're saying the schedule release uh is a week away and last season at least we had The international games, we knew who the who was playing and who their opponent was going to be. I'm assuming maybe the league comes out with that information, comes out before the schedule release, because right now, yeah, we just don't know for sure from the NFL.
3: They will. And uh, it's just a matter of time. But like, that's why, you know, it would make sense that the German side of this equation gets it first. Right. And they're and I'm sure they're more they're looser with the information. than they probably be on this side because they don't care. Why do they care about the NFL? But that game was, if you watched that game, the Seattle-Tampa game, that crowd was hot. That crowd stayed like 45 minutes afterward and was belting out John Denver. Nice. You could hear it on the post game. They're like, take me home, (laughs) the country roads. It was like, why are they singing that in Germany in the first place? But they, you know, it was a great crowd. And so, you know, I understand why the NFL wants to go back, right? Like, like it's, they're making a lot of money and they're expanding their brand. I get it. But it you have like when you're the team that's there, like all of a sudden you're on a five out of six game losing streak. <laughs> and you're like, man, I didn't really want to go to Germany midseason anyway. I
1: think well, that's the, all I have yeah. on that. The one thing at the London Stadium last year, the Ted Lasso cast was in the stadium, mm-hmm. yep. and a big sing along of Sweet Caroline broke out, which was kind of cool.
3: Yeah, well, they, they treat it like a soccer game, right? Like yeah, it's exactly, that type of right. energy in the crowd and. You know, you don't you know, you lose perspective on the difference in types of like how the crowd operates. But like NFL, it's a lot of start, stop. You know when to get excited, when not to. They were just at a 10 the entire time, which is just kind of fun.
2: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go
0: stop the wise and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion
3: um the 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 turf also sucked everyone was slipping and sliding um so that's another thing but all right let's let's move on to one other thing the that we didn't mention the saints are projected to get two fourth round comp picks and a sixth round comp pick next season and so
1: what a different time huh
3: yeah, well, and you see the Saints kind of sending out <laughs> draft picks this season. You know, they traded a 2024 fourth to move up and get Jay Kaner. And, you know, I think you're looking at that and saying, well, we have one coming in, so we don't mind spending one here. And, yeah, so the comp picks, technically, the ones who are you're coming in, one is for Onyemata, one is for Davenport, and one is for Ellis. That's the later round one. And then Colin Saunders offset... Andy Dalton, I believe, and then Nathan Shepard offset another one which would have been a sixth-rounder.
1: So, you know, that's a pretty good haul for for losing some free agents there. And obviously, these are projected, right? This isn't anything set in stone. Onyemata could have a bust-out, you know, campaign, and the Saints could, you know, could get an elevated pick out of that, not just a fourth, huh? Or is that, is that pretty much set? Uh, I think it's it's not really
3: about performance. It's more okay. about the, the amount they signed for. Um, I got you. And, like, they're – They're not set in stone, but the methodology is pretty standard. Like it's, I would be stunned if these were not accurate, Okay, but they will not be announced officially until, you know, a week before the draft. I do need to look up. I'm not sure how you organize them in terms of, okay, who gets the first comp pick versus the last comp pick. I don't know how that order is generated. It might be just draft order, but I'd have to look that up. But either way, Saints went a long time without getting comp picks. And and so, you know, you kind of have to think. I mean, the Falcons are responsible for giving the Saints several draft picks when you think about it. Like, they gave the Saints two third-round picks when they hired Terry Fontenot because that's kind of the deal and in terms of the minority hiring initiatives. Uh, so, like, they really wanted Terry Fontenot and the Saints, you know, benefited from that.
1: And then this year they got two more. You mean Terry Fontenot, our secret sleeper spy sent to Atlanta to destroy them once and for all? To steal all the Saints free agents. Yeah,
3: I guess so. But yeah, so that's going to be something to keep in mind for next year. One more thing I want to get to this segment before we move on to the UDFAs jersey numbers. We got the jersey yeah. numbers for the rookies. We got some jersey number changes. So I'm just going to go through them here in terms of the draft picks. You got Brian Brzee is going to wear number 90, Kendra Miller is going to wear number 25, the Reggie Bush number. Nick Saldaveri is going to wear 64. Which is a, just a standard offensive line number. Jake Hayner is going to take over the Andy Dalton 14. At Perry is going to wear 17 as as Steve goes and tries to rip the Reggie Bush jersey off the wall.
1: I was going to say I've already got my Kendry Miller jersey in hand. He's
3: going to put tape over it.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then the interesting one to me, the most interesting rookie number is Isaiah Foskey going to wear 55. Yeah, which is not a typical line or defensive lineman number, it's more like a linebacker number. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be an interesting one.
1: Yeah, definitely cool to see that number 25, uh, in use again. I'm trying to think the last person that had Daniel it. Robinson. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. Boom. But yeah, uh, was, was definitely curious to see, you know, what some of these saints players will be wearing. And yeah, you, did you mention Alonte Taylor too, or no? No, I was going to get into that. So there's a couple okay. number changes. Yeah, yeah. Arnold Passigno is going
3: for, he was 94, or no, he was 90 last year. He's changing to 92, which was Marcus Davenport's number. Okay. And then Alante Taylor is going from 27 to 1, which is Marcus like Callaway's number that he's no longer using because he's in Denver. He wore number 2 at Tennessee, so I'm sure there's some significance to the 1. Then we'll probably learn that from him in camp, but that's a, that's, a, that's a significant change.
1: Yeah, to me, the the number one just goes with that kind of swag he carries yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, rolls with. I think it's a perfect number for him. I like it. It makes sense that he'd never wear number one. But yeah. one of the rule changes in the
3: NFL this year is that you can wear number zero. For the first time, someone can wear zero. And Ugo Amadi is going to be that guy for the Saints, a cornerback. Actually, the first guy they signed in free agency. So if you want to say something about Ugo, it's that they identified him early and wanted him and signed him. Um, I think he was a street free agent, kind of like Derek Carr was. So yeah, he's going to be rocking the zero.
1: Gonna have to check out some his numbers. Has he uh, been a special teams guy in his career? Yeah, from the Seahawks. That
3: okay. I Means no nothing to write home about. Like that's why it's surprising to me that he that that I, what it means is no one was climbing over each other to get the number zero, right? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure he would have been low on that totem pole of 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 requests. Uh, I don't think he was beating anybody out. But yeah. So the other numbers that I'll mention, Colin Saunders is going to wear 99, which is the Shai Tuttle number. Nathan Shepard's going to wear 93, which is the David Onyamata number. Jamal Williams is going to wear 30, which is the same number he wore with the Lions. And Brian Edwards gets the Tommy Lee Lewis uh, number 11. Just don't throw to him in that one corner of the end zone where the refs have agreed to not call any penalties. Yeah, it's like the twilight zone over there. Things things don't happen. It's just out of sight, out of mind. I don't know. Yeah, but he's a bigger guy, so maybe he could what? hold on to the ball if he does get blown up. But, yeah, so those are all the jersey changes. There's also – the UDFAs have numbers, but, again, I'm not going to go through them because <laughs> there's too many. And and they, I, a majority of them won't be wearing them by the time the season starts. So that's, that's where I'll cut it off there.
1: Yeah, and uh, I saw the NFL sent out dates about, you know, OTAs, rookie mini camps and all, but – I feel like we had the dates for everything already. I I was kind of wondering why they had circled around and put that back out again.
3: I don't know. Yeah. Uh, All I know right now is the rookie mini camp is May 12th through the 14th. And once we're through that, I will start worrying about everything else. (laughs) But for now I am coming. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the only way that I've, that I found I can survive the NFL news cycle is okay, what's next? Get through that. What's next? Get through that. So right now it's, okay, schedule release, get through that, mini camp, get through that, whatever else. You
1: sound like an NFL coach, one one thing at a time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, one foot in front of the other. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway. All right. Anything else you
1: want to add before we move on? Uh, No, just excited for the schedule release. I know it doesn't seem like that huge of a deal because we know who the opponents are, but for some reason – it is an exciting event uh, just because you find out, I think, too, how many primetime games are on the slate.
3: Yeah, that is a good question. You know, there will be something to watch because last year they they had, what, two? I think they had two Monday night games. I don't think they played on Sunday night at all. So, like, they were clearly not a media network darling last year because the networks have some say in, in how many primetime games you get, right? Maybe that changes with Derek Carr. Who knows? I hope uh, we're in
1: that 3-4 range at least. But I hate, I hate night games. <laughs> I hate them. I love the thought of them, but yeah, staying up and having to work them kind of stings.
3: Yeah, like I don't want to sit around all day and wait for the game to start, right? I, I want I want the game to happen. And then I can spend the rest of the day. I don't mind Monday games. Yeah. Because it's at least like one day where it's the only thing going on. Exactly. Um, I hate Sunday night games because I still want to watch football all day. And then by the time the game starts, I'm exhausted already. <laughs>
1: No, right. And, you know, as you know all too well, we still have pregame duties and then, you know, in-game duties and post-game duties. So, yeah, there's still no, like, you get to watch any other kind of football, really. Yeah.
3: Luis says, Coach Noack. No, that's my father, actually. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back. We're going to dive in on some of these UDFAs. Keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold.